When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ryan on ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter, and it's football season. We have football. Training camp has begun, so we're feeling good, aside from me fighting through this uh, little congestion here. So if you're like, why does he sound weird? Is he holding his nose? Like, is he is he just talking nasally for the hell of it? No, it's not. that's not the reason. But I'm going to battle through here because the first week of Giants training camp is in the books. Four practices, and I'm going to recap it here. We're going to then talk to Mark Glowinski, the Giants' new starting right guard. A big piece to this remade offensive line, sort of like the veteran that that they brought in to, to uh, help hold it together, right? They got the two young bookend tackles. They get the, the veteran guard to give them some uh, experience on the interior. They also have John Feliciano at center. But Glowinski was signed to uh, a three-year deal, a long-term deal, whereas Feliciano's kind of like on a one-year deal, so he's kind of like a one-year stopgap. Let's see how. Let's see what happens uh, with him at center. But we'll talk to Glowinski. I'm going to give you a rundown of what we've seen so far at training camp, and I'm going to start with this. The biggest upside from Giants training camp is all those players. Remember we talked about all those players in red in the spring? Well, guess what? They are now on the field practicing. Kayvon Thibodeau practicing. Kadarius Tony practiced. Uh, he did. He did was kind of held out of uh, live drills on Saturday, but for the most part, he's been doing a lot. And this is a bonus we haven't seen that. Kenny Galladay practicing. Saquon Barkley not in a red jersey, but the fact that he's healthy, Daniel Jones as well. Like you're seeing pretty much a full Giants team on the field now. Sterling Shepard, Nick Gates, and uh, Matt Pear are the ones that are on pup. Aziz Ojolari has a little minor hamstring injury. I don't think he's that far off, though. So on the injury side, the Giants are not that far off, okay? That's a big bonus. So that the start of camp, that has stood out. Now, the other thing is, and I told you this entering camp, I expected the offense to have a really rough go out of it. They asked me to make a bold prediction, like my Giants preview that ran on ESPN.com, and it was that the defense was going to dominate this summer. And not so much because this is a great defense. This isn't the 86 Giants defense. This isn't even the 2007 or 11 Giants defense. Not even close. But this is an aggressive defense led by Wink Martindale. And his whole defense is built on creating impressions that guys are blitzing from everywhere when they're not really coming. And you never know who's actually coming and who's not. So... That's a tough thing for a new offensive line and a new offense to deal with. So I kind of expected that. You know, the new offense under Brian Dable, the whole, it's a lot harder to learn a new offense, I feel like, than it is to learn a new defense. So it's spelt for trouble for Daniel Jones and the Giants offense. So the fact that Jones has been up and down the first few days, I wouldn't say terrible. I wouldn't say great either. Somewhere in the middle. It's, to me, almost somewhat expected. So I'm not going to react strongly one way or the other at this point to four days, by the way, and that's why it's the pre-pads edition right now. 
the Giants have not gotten into pads. You know, this is like, this is basically what they did the first four days was an extension of the spring. So everything you're reading about what's going on, they're running drills in shorts and helmets, shoulder pads, not full pads. That's Monday, or I'm taping this on Sunday right now. So this week, you'll see the Giants in full pads. That's when we can make evaluations on the offensive line, the defensive line, the pass rush. That's when you'll get a real feel of how those guys are doing. Until then, you know, it's all fine and dandy. You know, Dexter Lawrence has been dominant, but let's see what happens when they put on the pads. I'm not saying Dexter Lawrence won't dominate the interior of the Giants offensive line. He's a load to handle in there. But I'm not making any <coughs> rash reactions to what's going on right now with the Giants. Now, I will say this. It's been out there. I've been, I was asked the other day on a radio show about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? The Giants somehow are the betting favorites. And I've spoken to people in the organization, so I could say sources said that the Giants are not getting Jimmy Garoppolo. Tell me how that makes sense for the New York Giants. How does Jimmy Garoppolo make sense for the New York Giants? Are they trying to win this year? Is he their future franchise quarterback? Do they have the money? Why would they give up assets? You know, this is a rebuilding team. So you put all that together. And I just don't, I don't see how it's even realistic. I don't see why anyone would think it was realistic. I don't see how Vegas thought it was realistic or where that came from, how the Giants are somehow the favorites. So if you think the Giants are going to get Jimmy Garoppolo, I would take that and scrap it off the list. I've been wrong before, right? And crazy things happen in this league that people don't expect. I mean, but a lot would have to happen. A lot, including finding a way to make the money fit in. Man, that would take a lot of finagling and work. And the Giants are just not in that position. They're in position to take a look at Daniel Jones and see if he's the guy. They have a new regime that wants to see him in their offense. Think about it. The Giants want to see, okay, let's take a, a shot. Or even if you're not a big Daniel Jones fan, even if you think it, it's a miracle, let's look to see if it's a miracle if Daniel Jones is our guy in this offense. Give it some time in, the new, in, in, you know, in real games. And if it's not, then they move on. They could go to Tyrod Taylor sometime this season if they really want to. They could prepare to draft a guy in the offseason, you know, next year. But trading for Jimmy Garoppolo, what does that do? Tyrod Taylor, by the way, is under contract for next year, too. Think about that for a second. So I would scratch that off the list. I don't see that as a real possibility. Now, in regards to the depth chart, keep an eye out for Breaking Big Blue 2 on YouTube. I'm going to come out with something in the next couple of days. I'll give you an idea of what the offensive and defensive depth charts look like early in camp. Not a lot of huge surprises. I think I've been a little, the one thing, pleasant surprise is the usage and effectiveness of second round pick Wandell Robinson. I'm now starting to lean towards Wandell Robinson having a little more impact than I originally thought. Now, it's all contingent on Sterling Shepard. He's not playing right now. Whether he comes back, how much he plays, if he's his, you know, his old self, that obviously will affect Wandell Robinson. But still, you look early in camp, you see him making a lot of catches, a lot of plays. Yes, he works out of the slot primarily. Uh, and you just and, and you see his ability to get open. So I think Wondell Robinson's going to make some noise here. I really do. Dane Belton, also another rookie who you see. Giants have plans for Dane Belton. The way it's set up right now, dude's going to play a lot. Whether it's as a starter, probably not. But as a third safety, Looks like they got a lot of ideas for third safety. And Darnay Holmes, slot cornerback. That, that was a big question mark for the Giants. Like, 
Okay, we got Darnay Holmes and we got Cordell Flott. You know, a third-round pick from this year. Let's see what we kind of got there. Darnay Holmes hasn't really panned out to date coming into this season. But, man, early in camp, dude's balling out. The standout of camp so far. Granted, four days in, no pads, long way to go. But basically, turnover every day the dude has caused. A couple diving interceptions. One was in a one-on-one period, but still. A diving interception. Had a diving interception the first day. A pick six another day. A forced fumble on Saturday when he poked the ball from Saquon Barkley. So a lot of good things you're seeing from Darnay Holmes, which is great because that secondary had a lot of questions. If he could pan out, if he could finally blossom into what they thought he was going to be, which was a quality slot cornerback, and you could feel confident with him starting there, it's one less question mark they have in that secondary. One less question mark. And that's big, really. That's big. As far as the tight end position, that's been the hardest to get a grasp on early in camp. Daniel Bellinger looks like he's going to play a huge role, getting a lot of first-team snaps, but Ricky Seals-Jones didn't practice a couple days. Not sure if he's heat or kind of saw him limping one day. I think it was actually, I, I actually, I don't know, I shouldn't say that. Not sure if it was him. It was a player that was kind of was limping off at the end of practice one day. But then he hasn't practiced for a couple days in a row. So whatever it is, you know, Ricky Seals-Jones hasn't been practicing. That creates more opportunities for Daniel Bellinger. But that Giants tight end position, wide open, wide open. Which makes you think, think about it. I just named Bellinger, right? I named Belton. Right? We, t- we talked about Holmes. But then you, then you throw in, obviously, Evan Neal. He's starting at right tackle. Throwing Kayvon Thibodeau. He's taking all those first-team reps at outside linebacker. You're going to see a lot of rookies on the field for the Giants this season. Which reminds you, you know, this is going to be you know, this is going to be a, a rebuilding year. Four rookies playing significant playing time, and then throw in Wandell. That's five, five rookies. Look right now. Like they're going to be playing substantial roles. That's what's going on at training camp right now. Five rookies. So you're also with that going to get, especially in games, rookie mistakes. You know, it's a, there's a learning curve. Everything's faster. All these guys are stronger. So the Giants are, are really, uh, you know, they're going to go young here. When when they say they're, you know, they're starting from scratch, I believe Brian Dable said that at one point when he was first hired, basically. Like, yeah, this is an evaluation year. And they're going to use it to get guys experience, to see what they have. And guys like, you know, it, it's a it's a, a prove-it year for a ton of guys. And the other guys, it's gaining experience. So all, of the, all the young players, the first and second year guys, they're going to get in there. They're going to get a lot of experience. They're going to play. And then there's all, like, every substantial name on the team that's in sort of a prover year. You name it. They're basically playing for their job. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, Leonard Williams, Adoree Jackson, Blake Martinez. All these guys, the way their contracts are set up, they're in prover years. If they don't play really well, they're either not going to get resigned or they're going to get cut because their money's too big for what they're producing. So that's where the Giants stand. First week of camp. On to the next one. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, we're here with Mark Lewinsky, New Giants starting guard. Uh, Your first training camp in New Jersey. We're only a couple of days in, but I'm going to leave it blank, right? Your first training camp in New Jersey, your your number one uh, takeaway is? Oh, just the sneaky humidity on the first couple of days. Uh, really? Because it's not even that hot yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, I'm saying being... Last week it was, by the way. Yeah, okay. from being from the East Coast and stuff, uh, you know, it was just like getting used to that again, uh, you know, especially just being in Indianapolis and, in, and even in Seattle, it was like... It was always beautiful weather until you got to the fall time. But, you know, I, um, yeah, so just get into that. Uh, you know, everything with the team is, is awesome. We're, you know, everything we're doing, we're trying to compete, get better, um, you know, play fast as much as possible and worried about uh, technique and, and things like that later. You know, we're just focusing on assignment and as fast as we can play because the more reps that we have, the better we're going to be fundamentally. So we're just trying to uh, do everything that we can to work on all those uh, fundamentals, but at a high level and, and as fast as we can, and we can talk about it after practice. I'm curious, because it's a new local offensive line, right? You have, you have a bunch of new guys there. Uh, Evan Neal was just drafted. You're brought in uh, John Feliciano in the center. He's also new. Yeah. I'm wondering how much you guys are aware. I always make this joke, and it's almost not even a joke at this point, that because uh, I've been covering the team since period since basically this period of time, but it's like, year 10 of the offensive line rebuild here, like off the Super Bowl years of 2011. How much are you guys even aware of that? And, you know, what's what's the the approach that you guys take to trying to make this into a high-end offensive line? Yeah, I think it's just doing everything I was talking about, uh, get back to the basics, fundamentals and everything. But I've been in this situation everywhere I've been where it, it seems to be, you know, the O-line needs to build and stuff like that. And within that time, uh, we make something out of it. Um, you know, Indianapolis was a great case of that where, you know, they brought in first round, second round guys. And, uh, you know, we, we sculpted with guys that we also had from the uh, past and made it work. And, uh, you know, it's just getting the reps together, um, focusing on what your job assignment is and just go out there and compete and, and, and do your best to win every every play. Your early impressions. We have, you have two basically really highly drafted tackles, right? One was the fourth pick in Andrew Thomas a couple of years ago. Evan Neal, seventh overall pick this year. Uh, your early impression, because you haven't been out there that long. And no, nope, we're taping this before you guys ever get out there in pads, but your early impression of those two guys is? Um, just the way that they can move and how big they are. It, it's unbelievable to see, you know, what with, with, with their size is, but um, being able to be as nimble as they are. And, uh, you know, they actually had just the ability that they play with. And uh, it didn't matter that they were first round guys, which, you know, gives them a little benefit of the doubt. But 
you know, they prove it and show it every day as well. Evan Neal was 375 pounds in like middle school, seventh, eighth grade. <laughs> can, can you, is that something you would even bring up to me? That seems crazy to me. Is that, is that normal? It's definitely. Uh, have you, you bumped know, into offensive linemen that have been in that situation before? Um, it, it seems like it's more often anymore. Uh, you know, just even all the other guys are like, it was like looking around. I was like, I guess I'm this, you know, I'm the small guy, but you know, I try to, I, I try to play in a, in a mode where even though I might seem that way, you know, I try to be the strongest guy uh, wherever I can, especially in the weight room, so that I can use that for the field. I mean, I do. I, I mean, I'm next to you, and you obviously dwarf me. Like, I'm not the biggest guy in the world. I mean, I'm 5'11", 200, but, like, you're significantly bigger than me. When I look on the field, I look at Evan Neal. He's like, like, at, he's like, like a whole head taller than you. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's probably the way that you look at me is the way that I look at them. You know, they're 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 big dudes. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, they know what their job is, and that's to play football, and uh, that's what we're focused on, and, and uh, that's what we're planning on to do is, is win games. How do you build that camaraderie with your right tackle? Like, you know, you're playing right guard, you're playing right tackle. How does that, is that, is that just something that comes with time? Is there other things you can do off the field to sort of build that? Yeah, I'm saying, you know, that's the things that we're going to do off the field. You know, if it's between dinners, if we have to meet up and do things off, off the field. But, um, you know, this time we're with one another from, you know, the start, right. even before practice to, you know, almost eight o'clock at night. So, that's the time that we need to maximize talk with one another, focusing on what we got to communicate with one another, what things that we need from one another so that we can do our job. And uh, most of it comes down to communication at the end of the day. When we when we look at things, we're not really worried about, uh, you know, how the play ended up. It was more how we communicated so that we can get our job done effectively. So it's us just communicating and, and talking as much as we can. before. How how much of that is on you, though? Because, like, I don't know. You tell me. When you were a rookie, were you the one that was willing to call out stuff that you see, or do you kind of just concede to the other guy? Yeah, other it, guy. it starts that way, and, uh, you know, it just needs to be repetitive and to the point where he's just like, yeah, I got it. You know, that's where, like, I want to be as much as I can just keep talking about it. Uh, we have, you know, I got to do my best to just keep uh, forcing that, and I want him to be able to, at the end of the day, at some point be like, yeah, I, you know, he's he's done with it and we can communicate in a different way where it's just like have it been in the past where we talk about it. We don't even say it. you get to the point where you don't even use words anymore. It kind of you're like almost doing sounds because you're already thinking about other things like grunts. Like, because yeah, it, it kind of gets it kind of gets more to the point of pass offs and different things. So you're not really in the you already know what your assignment and all that things are. It's kind of more into the of how we how we gel together and, and move as one. You've been uh, in front of some pretty good quarterbacks, right, in your career. Russell Wilson, uh, Andrew Luck, uh, Carson Wentz last year, Rivers. Yeah. Daniel Jones is different in what way? Um, like, what have you noticed from him? Like, personality, whatever, that, that's different from him than maybe some of those guys. He's just fresher. He, you know, he's a younger guy. All the other guys I had in my past that had, you know, a lot more years behind him. So he still shows signs of all the, all the uh, guys that had all that experience. I think for him, it just let it rip and, and just be comfortable and confident in what, what his job is and, and be comfortable with this offense and, and just don't think about it and just go. Has anything about him surprised you? Um, yeah, he's actually, when you talk to him in person, he's, he's a little bit more quiet. And when he's on the field, he actually, you know, he gets going. He's a little bit more louder and uh, rowdier and he's, you know, he's getting us going. So when you talk to him, it's like more, you know, just more uh, like a normal conversation. He's kind of like lower tone. 
But when he's out there, he actually gets his voice going. I mean, that's a good thing for a quarterback, yeah. I would assume, right? Yeah, it's, that's exactly what we need. We need, you know, we need to hear the, you know, and we need that confidence behind. So he, you know, he shows that out there. Well, good luck. First year with the Giants, first of several. So yeah. hope, hope it goes well for you. And uh, look, trust me, people are dying for this offensive line to get better. So, like, if you get better, you will be beloved. Hey, I'm, you know, we're just, just like I said, we're just trying to go out there day to day and just do our job and compete at a high level and, and we're just worried about, you know, how we can get better for the day. Good luck, man. On to the next one. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That was Mark Lewinsky right there. Seems like seems like a pretty good guy. Uh, a guy that you could definitely see being well-liked in the locker room by his line mates. Uh, so a good guy maybe to sort of be the veteran of that group for the next few years. Look, is he an all-pro? No. Is he a guy who's proven that he could be a starter and at least a serviceable quality starter in the NFL? Yeah. So to have that veteran guy there with those young bookend tackles, who knows what they do at center moving forward. And then Shane Lemieux, who's a young guy as well, right? I mean, you're talking about a guy who's entering his third year in the league and really doesn't have a ton of playing experience. You need that veteran guy. So Mark Lewinsky is that guy. Let's see if it works out. Hasn't These kind of guys haven't worked out for the Giants very much over the last few years, but all right, we're going to finish here with a quick Jordan on the beat. This is the portion of the podcast where I tell you what it's like to work for ESPN, cover the Giants, or cover the NFL in general. And I'm going to tell you about training camp struggles, right? The, the, what When you're in my position, the struggles are with training camp. You have to figure out the logistics because it's hot, right? You're outside. You're standing out there a couple hours at a time in 90 degrees. So you're sweating your you-know-what's off, right? Your cojones. There's sweat dripping down my back. You know, there's no shade whatsoever out there because you're in the middle of the swamp, which makes it even more humid and more hot. I mean, that's what actually Glinsky just told me. Like, he was kind of surprised, right, about the humidity and the heat here because of how hot it feels. Uh, there's no shade, literally zero, out there at the Giants practice facility when, we're, when you're on the field. So it's hot out there. And so you're dripping sweat. Then so was it Friday? I have to tape an interview with Saquon Barkley one on one. So you have to figure out. I'm stand. You gotta you gotta figure out an outfit to stand outside for two hours in, in the sun and the heat, and then be able to go inside quickly, change, and not have your your face glow. Like if you're sweaty and you're on camera, you'll just basically see a reflection of yourself in the camera. 
and it's distracting. You won't be able to hear. If, if I have that, if my face is sweaty and you see my the reflection off there, like basically see the lights from the camera on there, you won't even be able to concentrate on what I'm saying. All you'll see is that that ridiculous like reflection on my head. You know, like when that bald guy, some bald guys out there and his head is just like a reflection. The light is shining off it. Like your eyes just can't go off that. That's what it's like. So then you got to go inside, cool down real quick, real quick, change because we don't do uh, polos on camera, right? At least I don't do polos on camera. So I got to get in a dress shirt and a jacket. Thankfully, that's indoors in their field house. So that's air conditioned. But you have to cool down quick enough, find a way to look respectable in something that you're not going to die of the heat in for two hours, change real quick and look respectable on camera. So you go pants with a T, some kind of T-shirt while you're outside. You run inside. I change into the white button down in the jacket. You don't even, I don't even go tie this time because, you know, got to look, it's a, it's summer. You got to, got to look at least a little bit casual. You don't want to be look too, you want to look too stuffy. I feel like in the summer, you, know, you want to wear light colors, want to pop, look like you, you just came off vacation. You want to be wearing like a heavy, dark black suit in the middle of the summer. To me, that just, that just looks weird. So had to go in there, change real quick, get ready, wait for Saquon, come do the interview, not sweat my face off and look semi-respectable. Now, you might say, did you put makeup on? You know, real men don't wear makeup. You know, the, the old Neanderthal philosophy. But if you want to look half decent on camera, you got to put that stuff on your face. Otherwise, you are going to shine. There is going to be a reflection. So, yes, I do put makeup on. Take the brush, put that, I don't even know, concealer? No, I don't even know what it is. Forget what it is. Put that, like, uh, brown stuff on your face just so it doesn't shine. I'll remember what it is after. Next episode, I'll bring it back up. But, yeah. So, it was funny when I, I remember the first time I had to go shopping for uh, makeup. I brought my daughter because I didn't want to be embarrassed walking in and telling them I needed powder for my face. That's what it's called, just powder. So first I had to ask my wife what it's called and what I should get. And then I had to go in, and in order not to be totally embarrassed, I brought my daughter with me so I didn't just go go in there to, I believe it was Nordstrom's at the time, which is the more Nordstrom and the Freehold Mall isn't even open anymore, but brought her in there and be like, oh yeah, I gotta, gotta be on TV. Is it, you know, my, uh, my daughter's helping me out, pick out makeup. I don't want to be judged too harshly. So, yes, you got to do the makeup when you're on TV. I'm telling you, it's clutch. So always have it in my bag just in case. Don't look down on me for it. If you're ever on TV, you'll be like, yeah, you know, he's right. Should wear the makeup. Put that powder on. Anyway, that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. Look out for Breaking Big Blue 2 on YouTube for uh, an update on the Giants depth chart this week. Okay, so. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, tell your friends about this podcast and the YouTube channel. It's Jordan Ron on ESPN. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, email, TikTok. Damn, I'm everywhere. That's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. See you next time. <laughs>